Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 133. I first went on Royal Caribbean's Navigator this season a couple of years ago, and I really loved what I saw there with all the great changes the 2014 refurbishment brought her. This week, podcast listener Ethan is joining me to talk all about his recent cruise aboard Navigator this season and what he liked about his experience. We discuss everything about his eight-night adventure and share his thoughts on what makes Navigator of the Seas such a great ship. Here we go. You know, I love talking about Royal Caribbean cruises, whether it's my cruise or someone else's cruise. And I always invite all of our listeners to come and join me here on the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast to talk about their Royal Caribbean cruise experiences. And this week, we're being joined by Ethan Ballum, who just got back from a Navigator of the Seas Eight night Eastern Caribbean cruise. Ethan, welcome to Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's always been something I've been looking forward to, and, and I uh, can't wait to talk about my uh, awesome vacation. Dude, I'm really excited to talk to you about this cruise for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, I got uh, four words for you: Navigator of the Seas. Like I've said many, 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 many times on this podcast, I love this ship. It's my favorite ship. Uh, tell me why you picked this particular cruise to start with. Well, we picked this ship because <clears throat> we always kind of look to kind of put some uh, variables in our cruises. We've gone on two uh, Freedom Class ships and now two Voyager classes. And we looked at this one because of all the new stuff that they put on. And we're like, first of all, I'm a huge Mexican guy. So when I heard that they had Sabor, I was like, that's a huge get. And then when we were kind of contemplating with the other people we were traveling with that we travel with all the time, they said this is a, a huge gift because we've never been to some of the islands that we hit, and it was an awesome, awesome choice on our part, and I, I don't regret it one bit. Nice. So you picked a great – I mean, not only is it a great ship, but also a great itinerary, eight nights, Eastern Caribbean, San Juan, St. Kitts, Labadee. Love it. And St. Martin. So you did a wonderful yes. itinerary. In fact, I, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm doing the exact same itinerary in April. So I be prepared for your brain to be picked, my friend, because we are going to go. We're going to dive Good. through this. I am so ready. Let's, let's talk about what stateroom did you book? Uh, I I was uh, in the interstate room with my sister, and then my parents were in a bigger uh, balcony room right across the hall, which was just super ideal because we would dress up, we'd get ready together, and then we head off to to dinner at night. So it just worked out perfectly. Good. Glad to hear that. What deck were you on? We were on deck seven. Okay. Deck what did you seven. Think of the location was it good. I thought, yeah, very good because we were we were eight on deck five, so we would just go down two two floors um, and eat there, and then we'd also we also spent a lot of time in the library, and the library was right there, so that was kind of the perfect location, and it wasn't too far down the hallway that we had to walk all the way down the ship to get to the stairs. We were it was literally four or five rooms, and we got to the stairwell. You spent a lot of time in the library, really? Yeah, it was actually probably, surprisingly, it was probably the busiest part of kind of the the enclaves because I would say every single night, every single seat was full. Um, they they would be playing games, they'd be taking pictures, they'd, the internet was being used a lot, but it was that was a big surprise because it was, I'd come back at after going to the bar for the night at 1 a.m. and there'd still be almost a dozen people in there. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Now let's talk about uh, my favorite thing about Navigator of the Seas, the dining. And, uh, you know, as, I think as many of our guests know, Navigator of the Seas was the first Royal Caribbean ship to debut uh, two things. First of all, the Sabor Modern Mexican restaurant. That was the first ship to get it. Mm-hmm. And 
the concept for the new menus that are now the menu for Chops Grill across the fleet. Let's talk about Sabor. You said you're a big fan of Mexican food, Ethan. What was your what was your takeaway? Did I did I did I sell it too much, or was it what you were expecting? You, you undersold it. It was the best dining <laughs> experience that I've I've ever had, and our family ever had. We we spent easily probably two hours there, if not more. Um, just the courses they set out, starting obviously with the guacamole right at your table, um, with the habaneros and jalapenos, oh. and it was just amazing. And um, and then we had perfect drinks and perfect stuff like that. Uh, that was just made it absolutely amazing. Um, and then, obviously, at the end of the night, we just walked right out and went to the schooner bar, which was just a perfect end cap to that night. Nice. That's great to hear. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm always glad to hear. Sometimes I, I worry that maybe I'm overselling the whole idea of Sabor, but I'm glad to hear that it was uh, equally impressive for you and your family over there. Did you have a chance to go to any other specialty dining on board? We also went to Chops. Uh, two nights Two nights later, we went to Chops, um, and it, that that one was a little disappointing because of the service, because we had amazing, amazing service at Sabor. We had a guy who walked us through everything, and then we went to Chops, and it, it, the food was magnificent, and the desserts were the best desserts I've ever had. Um, but the, uh, the service was a little subpar. But other than that, the night was awesome because that was also a dress-up night. So we were all kind of dressed up to the nine, which was, uh, which was something our families love to do. Absolutely. That's great to hear. Let me ask you another question, Ethan. When you're talking about your onboard experience on Navigator this Seas, you're 21 years old, you're in college. What did yep. – what stood on your mind as, as your favorite things to do on board Navigator? What were the kind of the top couple activities for you? Well, one of the best things we did is we kind of bit the bullet and we actually uh, rented out the flow rider for a whole hour. Um, and that was something we had never done, um, but was uh, cumulatively, it was probably the best decision that we made the entire, the entire cruise. Um, it was a full hour, just two people. And it was, there was four of us that, uh, went out and, and got personal lessons on the flow rider, which was just awesome because, you know, you know, the lines, the lines are crazy and you get up once and you fall after 15 seconds and you're done and you have to wait in another hour line. This time there was four of us, we'd fall, wait five minutes and then get back up and try boogie board. And then I got up surfing and everything. And that was that was awesome. Um, I was going to ask and, you how'd you do on the how'd you do on the lowrider in terms of being able to stand up. I so it was kind of like a ladder of of I got up boogie boarding and then I got up doing the surfing was be able to stand up for a minute and I got up and we my dad threw me the GoPro so we got some really great footage that was another great thing is that we had got a, a GoPro for Christmas and really used that throughout the cruise and made this great video and made it. Just that vi- the vacation that much better. Nice, that's awesome. By the way, how much do you remember? If you don't mind my asking, how much the renting the flow rider was? In case anyone's interested, it was for so it was sixty nine dollars per person. Um, that's not bad. So and, and you had to have a minimum of four. Um, so the whatever whatever that is. So you got it was about four hundred dollars, including a, a little more for tip. So it was it was expensive, but if you have and break it down per person, it really is worth it in the end. No, it's a great deal. In fact, I mean, you consider how much you know you pay for an hour at the spa. It you're doing much better with the flow rider. <laughs> Not quite yeah. the same experience, but you know. Yeah, and it there it was awesome how personal they were with you, and they really genuinely wanted you to do well. 
Um, and they, they said at the beginning, we're going to get you up surfing no matter what. And even my sister, who's uh, 17, got up for a few seconds too, which was just phenomenal. Nice. Tell us about some of the uh, activities and some of the shows. Did you go? Did you? What else did you do on board Navigator that you really uh, enjoyed? Yeah, we we loved the shows. There was the shows were kind of hit and miss, uh, but the uh, comedians they brought in two comedians, one uh, early in the cruise, and then one came on at St. Kitts, and he was hilarious. He'd he'd been on Seinfeld, and um, it was that was awesome. And some of the the acts were really good. The ones that were done by the Royal Caribbean with the people themselves weren't ideal because I guess a lot of them are similar to the ones on other ships, so they're kind of the same. But the ones that were unique, they had an acapella group, um, and then they had, uh, obviously, the adult comedians were just hilarious. Um, that was really awesome. And then um, at night, nighttime was always a little difficult because we, my parents and the people we were traveling with would go to bed but being a college student, you kind of want to extend the night a little bit. So we'd go up to the Cosmopolitan Club, which is they kind of turned that into the main nightclub or kind of experience for teens and adults because they took out, you know, the um, big nightclub where Sabor is currently. Sure. Makes sense. Um yeah. It's, uh, you know, it sounds like you had a, you had a lot of good uh, options there to choose from. And it's at the... The Cosmopolitan Club was your go-to place late at night? Yeah. It, Cosmopolitan Club was the one that probably had over 100 people every night, and they, they had a lot of – they had a couple DJs up there, and which, which made it really fun. And the nights would go until – people would be there until 2.33 every night. I, I wasn't wow. there that late, but people – you think that Royal Caribbean wasn't that big a party ship, but then you kind of stay late and you kind of see, especially on New Year's, since it was over New Year's, they, they really go all out for New Year's. And that was kind of something else, too. There was just a lot of fun. They really take out and put everything on the floor. It's everything there, and it makes it really enjoyable for really all ages, which was something that I was surprised with. Nice. That's great to hear. Let's talk about uh, the places you visited. I mentioned earlier you did uh, you did Labadee, you did San Juan, St. Kitts, St. Martin. Uh, give us some give us some highlights here of what you did on the ports. What was your favorite excursion or two that you did? Well, <clears throat> Labadee, we did the jet skis. We wanted to do the jet skis earlier on earlier cruises, but we the seas were too high. So, but we got lucky this time, and the jet ski tour was phenomenal. And it was a lot of fun, and everyone in our on our party got to go. So that was really kind of great for everyone that not just a few people went, but that made it great for really everyone. And so got some great GoPro footage as well. San Juan, we just did the old San Juan tour, um, went out to the fort, uh, kind of walked along the coastline, and then ate at a restaurant. And that was, that was, I love history. And if you love history, you got to go to old San Juan and stay there and go to the fort and just some great, great pictures as well. Cause it, you know, you get in the San Juan in the evening or kind of the afternoon. Um, and you, you don't depart until late at night, which is kind of flipped. Cause a lot of cruises and itineraries, you kind of come in at five thirty or seven in the morning and you leave kind of midday. This is kind of flipped. So that was cool. Um, and the, the last one, Go ahead. It was uh, St. Kitts because that's one I've never been to before. I've been to St. Kitts before, and I get actually a lot of questions here on the podcast about what did you guys do? Yeah, St. Kitts, we were going to do a snorkel um, kayaking thing 
um, excursion, but that one part of that got canceled because of high waves. So we kind of did a quick flip and went to kind of this resort area, which was about a 15 minute bus ride kind of over by the, around the golf course. Um, and we went to this awesome resort, had free Wi-Fi, some great drinks. And what we did was we rented some snorkel gear and we swam out to the lagoon and saw some great fish. Um, and then also jet skied there as well because they had some great prices on that. It was and it was easily the most beautiful island. It's it's like a, a movie. You just walk in it and it looks like Hawaii if you've ever been there. It's just mountains and you see like Robert Redford's house in the distance and just some <laughs> his big huge multi million dollar yacht out there. So it's it's obviously a big place for a lot of celebrities and you can tell why because this the 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 sites are amazing and I, if you. For recommendations for the listeners, you want to go to the Caribbean side because the Atlantic side where the Marriott is, um, some big waves and um, the Caribbean side is very calm and I would recommend going there because they've got some great resort areas that you would just love. Nice. That's great to hear that, in fact. Some good advice. Yeah. So let's, uh, I guess let's round things out here. I, since I'm going on Navigator, I'm doing the same itinerary as you are in April and then we're going back on Navigator this season in 2017 for the Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise. What would yes. be your top two or three recommendations for somebody going on Navigator the Seas, whether it's a must-do, whether it's some advice, whether it, whatever's on your mind, what really sticks out in your mind about your cruise on, on Navigator the Seas that you'd want to share with somebody going on there uh, soon? Well, I think a big thing was is one thing that we love to do is go to the Quest. Um, the Quest game show was something that, obviously, it's a, an adult show, but it just keeps yes. getting crazier and better and better and better every time. Um, and, and you just want to be involved with kind of the, the cruise companies because obviously you can go to the pool, sit by the pool all day and have drinks and have a great time. But um, getting involved with the cruise compass and going in the mornings and circling stuff that you definitely want to do is something that you is very important in my eyes. Um, and then two other things, the karaoke was huge for Navigator this season. It was bigger than the Freedom or Independence on previous cruises, they've really highlighted that. And the Star Lounge, as you know, is, is not super busy throughout the night. But when karaoke, there was not a seat in the house that was available. Um, and it was really cool to see the energy around that. Um, but I just think that with Navigator being one of the newer ships in the Voyager class, you can always find something to do. Um, and, but getting involved early and with the with the group cruise that you guys are going on, you guys have that awesome itinerary to the kind of the Southern Caribbean, which is some of the islands I want to hit because those are ones where Royal Caribbean doesn't go a lot. But if you can get on those ships, that is the ideal itinerary in my book. Heck yeah. Well, Ethan, you got to join us for it, my friend. I, uh, 2017, I, I don't know if I'll be able to go in February when you guys go on the Allure, but 2017 is kind of the perfect timeline for me so i gotta i gotta look that up hit up a travel agent because travel agent's the way to go absolutely my friend all right cool well, before i let you go ethan i'm gonna ask you a couple questions here to get to know you a little bit better so just awesome. give me the first thing that comes uh, to your mind you ready yes all right uh favorite restaurant on a royal caribbean ship sabor hands down nothing like it the experience top to bottom best best dining you will ever have See, this is what Ethan got on the podcast, folks, if you're wondering. See, that's the right answer. <laughs> Favorite drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? Um, man, I, I tried some new stuff because <laughs> luckily my, my, my father helped pay for that. So I would say the, the ultimate strawberry daiquiri um, or any of the, 
kind of like the the crown and coke as well you you got to throw that in and um even though it's a little expensive it's it's worth it in the end because it, it comes with a, a good amount of drink so that's that's my favorite beverage nice glass i can't go wrong with that how about yep. your favorite port of call to visit um, I, I would say St. Kitts just because of the views and the, the great snorkeling we had. Sometimes we've had hit and misses with snorkeling in the past and in Cozumel and, and some other places, but we had some fantastic um, snorkeling and the resort was just such a hit. We can't wait to go back. I'm going to add one in here. Favorite, or not favorite, but what's your best tip for anybody doing the quest? <sighs> Be- <laughs> Open-minded, open, have an open <laughs> yes, mind. Very open-minded. <laughs> got to have an open mind, and then you got to be willing to to kind of go a little crazy if you want to be involved. You don't have to be involved, and they don't pressure you. But if you want to have a great time, um, make sure to just be open with the people around you because you will get very comfortable with them very quickly. And bring lots of extra bras with you. Yes, bras, and uh, <laughs> don't be afraid to put on some makeup. That was the biggest thing. <laughs> Lastly, favorite song on the radio or iPod today. Um, I would say Feeling Good by Michael Buble. Wow, going with that one. My wife, anything Michael Buble, you've, you've got her vote, so good choice yes. right there. Yeah, it's it's not the most popular thing on the radio these days, but, I mean, it's it's one of those things I love the Frank Sinatra, I love that, that Harry Connick Jr., that kind of stuff. Heck yeah, awesome. Well, you got to check out, have you seen, I've been on Oasis this week, speaking of that, the um, Come Fly With Me? I have not, um... The next cruise we're going on most likely will be Harmony next next winter um, because we we were, we've hit the other smaller cruises but we've never hit any of the Anthem Quantum Harmony any of those so we those are the main things that we want to hit next time. Nice. Well, if you ever get a chance on on Oasis and if they still have it, the Come Fly with Me is very much based on a lot of the Frank Sinatra songs. So I think you would enjoy that. So I uh, I would. Awesome, Ethan. Thank you so much for talking with us here today. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, can't wait. I love your love everything you do on the website. Podcasts are fantastic, and uh, keep doing what you do. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. How about we answer some of your listener emails, which I love doing, and our first email comes to us from Glenn from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. It's hello, Matt. The family, wife, and our four daughters and I just got back from our seven-day Western Caribbean cruise on Oasis of the Seas. Thought I would share a few thoughts. This was our eighth cruise, third of the Royal Caribbean, did four plus three nights back on Monarch, back-to-back, so I only count that as one. This is our dream cruise. We wanted to do Oasis earlier for a long time, and it certainly lived up to the expectations, and then some. While the ship is obviously huge, it's so well laid out and didn't have too much trouble getting around. We had adjoining balcony rooms on the 11th deck port side. I think what impressed us was that there was always something to do, and we did it all. Rock climbing, zip lining six times for me, flow rider twice, skating once. The pools were a nice size and lots of hot tubs for early morning or late nights. All the neighborhoods were great, loved Central Park. A few times I said to my wife, is it just me or do you feel like we're not even on a cruise ship? The shows were exceptional. So many in such top quality. In order of enjoyment, Cat saw it twice, Oasis of Dreams three times, Splish Splash once, Come Fly With Me twice, Frozen in Time once, Acapella Show once. While you had a reserve to get a seat, there was always room in the standby line, and if you were able to juggle things around, you could see a show twice a night or second time on another day. The criticism that I've read about Cats is really unfounded. 
The cast is superbly talented. My wife saw Cats on Broadway years ago and said it was very close in the details of the original. The Opal was not full for the show, and some left at intermission. I think cruisers are used to 45-minute shows, and this being a full Broadway show, it may not be something that they're used to, but you're talking about one of the most successful Broadway shows of all time. The shows were on par with Disney, which we sailed on in a few years ago, but I may have gone give the nod to Royal for the sheer variety. Water, ice, Cirque-style, and Broadway. Food was always good, but frankly never great. We did not do any specialty dining, as there was plenty to be had in the dining room, Windjammer, Sorrentos, etc. By the way, those Park Cafe warm roast beef sandwiches in all juice were superb, and they deserve a wow. Kids didn't spend a ton of time at the kids' clubs. Labadee weather was great and sunny, about 86 to 87. We rented a private cabana, which was well worth every single penny, as we were six of us in the max in the hut, and it was a great value. It comes with bottled water, floaty mats, and an upgraded lunch without the long lines. We did this previously when we sailed an Independence of the Seas, and even thought the prices had gone up significantly since it, but it was still all worth it. In Falmouth and Cozumel ports, we decided to do the opposite of all, and least most, and try to stay on the ship while they were enjoying a private oasis to ourselves. Never done this before, and it was great. Highly recommended if there's nothing you really want to do in port. We decided to get off the ship at around 3 p.m. at both ports, just when people were coming back. That way, we'd go for a little walk, see the shops, and pop back in within an hour. Doing opposite on a cruise ship can be a great way to avoid lineups and congestion. The crew and service were generally very, very good. Loved our room attendant, Nancy. The exceptions to excellence. Kids in the solarium with their parents. Never once had any Royal Caribbean asked them to leave. I was gonna, I was going to, but my wife asked me not to. She thought it would become an issue. On formal night, my gang was well-dressed, however. I was in slacks and a button-down shirt. I thought I was underdressed, as many were in tuxes or full suits and ties, which surprised me a bit, as I think formal night is becoming a little less formal. But then five minutes later, a group of ten arrived. The ladies in gowns and such, but the men and boys had football jerseys on, shorts, and jeans. Every head turned. I was very surprised that they allowed it. Our servers told us that Royal Caribbean had essentially given up on trying to police that, and that another table had asked the maitre d' to ask them to leave, but he wouldn't. All in all, great cruise. It exceeded expectations. Looking forward to trying Harmony of the Seas. I wonder, hope, they will add the slides to the Oasis and Allure. I enjoy and appreciate the show, Matt. Keep up the great work. Glenn, this is a great email. Just And, and for anyone who's listening at home, Glenn just gave me basically a bullet point list of observations, thoughts, experiences, highs and lows. And that's perfect for this because, you know, we get to work in a lot of different things. I think this is very helpful, quite honestly, Glenn. And as you know, I'm going on Alert of the Seas uh, next week. Yes. And because of that, this kind of, you know, feedback really helped me, even though there's some, you know, maybe some stuff specific to Oasis. Nonetheless, Alert class information like this, I think is just really helpful. So Glenn, love it. Thank you so much for, for sharing with all of us. And I'm glad you had a great time. And hey, I, it sounds like you're, you're all set up for your Harmony of the Seas cruise. Next up, we have an email from Dan from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Matt, I've been catching up on the podcast over the past few weeks, and I have to say, even though I did a lot of research before booking my cruise, the information you provide is unparalleled. My girlfriend and I are going on the grandeur of the seas out of Baltimore in early February. Since booking the cruise, I realize we'll be on vacation during Super Bowl Sunday. Not only that, but it's an afternoon evening, 1.30 to 10 o'clock p.m. port in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I know I'll be able to watch the game on the ship, but does Roker usually throw us a special party for this type of vacation? I think that would actually be a really cool way of watching the game, but I can't find any information about it. If not, any suggestions for watching as much of the game as possible in San Juan. Thanks for all of your tips and insights into Royal Caribbean cruises. Dan, great question, and boy, very, very timely, because of course, as you probably know, the other week we had the Super Bowl here in the United States, and the thing with that is uh, our very good friend Michael Poole was on Enchantment of the Seas, so I, he gave me firsthand 
insight into what's happening. So basically, what Royal Caribbean does, and this is probably true of many of their ships, if not all their ships, is they will show the game throughout the ship. Obviously, you'll be able to watch it in a number of different venues. Uh, on Enchantment of the Seas, they were showing it primarily in the main theater. That's where everybody could go. I know on other ships, I was reading about some private areas. And if you wanted to have a more intimate experience, like you wanted to have a reserved table, you could do that. But they had in the main in the main theater, and I forget the name of the theater on Enchantment, forgive me. But they had the game being shown there. The game was also being shown up on the pool deck. And I think it, the weather was a little cool. Otherwise, it probably would have more people up on the pool deck. But you have options is what I'm trying to get at. And they do have uh, food and, and some other stuff. I mean, it's not like over-the-top crazy, but they do offer something for it. And I think watching with a group in and of itself is a really cool thing to do. Now, you're going to be in Puerto Rico for it, and you're there from 1.30 to 10. The game still could be going on around 10, and let's face it, you're not going to be going back to the gym exactly at 10 o'clock, right? You've got to be on before that. So you could certainly start your pre-game festivities on shore and maybe find, a if you're looking for like a real over-the-top, you know, uh, the kind of experience you might find at a, at a, at a, at a, a, a sports bar. Maybe Puerto Rico is where you start and you come back out on the ship. But that being said, hey, on the ship you won't miss a minute of the game if that's important to you, especially if your teams are in it. Maybe you have to, you know, start the party there. That way you're not wasting any time necessarily getting back to the ship, waiting in line, all that kind of other stuff. So my advice to you, Dan, is, you know, depending on how important the game is to you, I think what Royal Caribbean does is going to be great. I think you'll have a great time on there. But if you want to have a real... You know, you want to have a huge spread of food. You want to have, you know, a lot of diehards. Maybe you look for a sports bar in the area. Certainly, I'm sure you'll find that in San Juan. The only issue is going to be getting back before the end of the game. So, uh-huh. good stuff there, Dan. And I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on, on what ends up working out well for you when you go on your cruise next year. And our last email comes to us from Brandon Bueller. It's Matt. Always love listening to your podcast, especially while at the gym as I get my prep, my beach body for my next suite. Royal Caribbean Cruise. The next one for my wife and I is in September, aboard Adventure of the Seas, leaving out of Puerto Rico and heading to the Southern Caribbean. I've been, to, I've heard that the ship will undergo a refurbishment this year and supposedly in time for our cruise. However, I cannot find what will be updated. From what I can tell, the ship will not have any specialty restaurants. The only ship that we've been on is the Oasis of the Seas, which is absolutely, we loved it. Any help on Adventure Deets would be greatly appreciated. Brandon, I wish I could give you a lot of information, but I can't. Royal Caribbean hasn't divulged. All we know is that Adventure of the Seas is slated for refurbishment in October 2016, and that's basically it. That's all we know. No details about what's being changed yet, and this is not terribly uncommon. Most refurbishments Royal Caribbean does, they usually play tight to the vest, and then they'll reveal some details, if not all the details, in the months or so leading up to it. Let me give you an example. Liberty of the Seas just finished her refurbishment back in January 2016, right? So she just got back into service the other week here in February. And the details for Liberty of the Seas refurbishment was released back in October. For some reason, I remember that. I don't know why, but I do. And so that was what? So let's see, November, December, January, about three months beforehand. We're certainly well before that for October 2016. Not that I'm promising you anything within three months before that, but I guess the answer is I don't have anything to give you, unfortunately. I wish I could. I would say if you really want to have a ballpark idea of what to expect, look at the various refurbishments that the her sister Voyager class ships got. Specifically, I would say Navigator of the Seas, Voyager of the Seas, and most recently Explorer of the Seas. Usually, there's not a terrible amount of variation between refurbishments in within the same ship class. I mean... Even within Liberty of the Seas, which got water slides, 
Nonetheless, a lot of the other changes that came to Liberty were almost identical to what happened to Freedom of the Seas. So you can kind of get a ballpark of what to expect based on her sister ships. And so would I be surprised to hear that Adventure is getting a Flowrider in new restaurants just like Explorer and and Navigator did? Probably not. But again, I, I, I can't give you any I can't promise you anything, and I don't want to mislead you also, Brandon. So I hope that gives you at least an idea of what to expect to some extent. But I know a lot of people are asking about that because everyone wants to plan ahead and know what to, you know, whether or not the changes to the ship are going to be significant enough that maybe you want to change your plans and book something on there. I totally get that. Uh, nonetheless, I think you'll have a great time regardless of whether you get there before or after during the refurbishment. Probably not during, but probably before or after the refurbishment. You'll have a great time on there. It's a wonderful ship. And, of course, you, as you probably recall, we did an episode not too long ago. I'll try to post a link in the show notes to our uh, review where we talked about Adventure this season with my very good friend Don from EatSleepCruise.com. And that gave you, I think that'll give you a pretty good idea of what to expect in Adventure of the Seas pre-refurbishment. And certainly, if you're going on an adventure and you're going on one of those Southern Caribbean itineraries, the great news is, I mean, you're really there for the for the itinerary because you've got so many great port calls. I think you'll find that there's you'll be spending quite a bit of time off the ship, but still plenty to do on board. So, Brandon, thank you for the email. Appreciate it. And thank you to everybody for listening. And, of course, if you want your email right here, I would love to do that. I love emails, and I even love reading them a lot more. So make sure you send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thank you for joining me once again. I really appreciate all the support, whether you're listening to the podcast, reading royalcaribbeanblog.com, joining me on Periscope, what going to the message boards at royalcaribbeanblog.com, whatever it is you're doing to support the blog. I love it. Thank you for being a part of the Royal Caribbean Blog experience. And until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.